Okay, welcome back from the Fringe Podcast, Episode 7, live from Arizona. It continues to be a scorcher out here. I haven't played in about two weeks. Actually, I I haven't played since 4th of July, and I am going stir-crazy, but we're going to continue to talk about golf and the golf-related. It was a weekend of first around the golf world, so we'll get right into that. We had the Genesis Scottish Open, where Roy McIlroy won his second event of of the year. This is a co-sanctioned PGA DP World Tour event, and Rory became the first person to ever win the Scottish Open, the Open, which is formerly known as the British Open, and the Irish Open. So congratulations to Rory for that second win, completing that feat. Over back here in the United States, we had the Barbersaw Championship, where tour rookie Vincent Norman went 22 under par to win his very first tour event after a one-hole playoff. So congratulations to Mr. Norman, and I hope to see more wins out of that young man. On the ladies' side, the LPGA had the Dana Open, and Lynn Grant went minus 21 for her first ever LPGA win. Second place in that event was Allison Corpoots at minus 18. I wanted to make note of that because that young lady just won the U.S. Open last week and continues to keep her train moving along. And we also had 15-year-old Mia Hammond playing as an amateur at minus 6 playing her first ever LPGA event. So congratulations to all of those ladies. That event also had a... Uh, kind of a weird rules turn of events world number three lydia ko took a seven stroke penalty on sunday over i think like two or three holes they had rain early saturday morning so they were playing preferred lies on saturday and the preferred lies carried over to sunday but only on two or three holes Lydia Ko was not aware that it was only on those few holes and was playing preferred lies throughout her round. And then a tour official caught up to her, I think, on the third hole that she had done it on. Yeah, she took a uh, major penalty hit with that one. But, you know, it goes to show that even these pros don't know all these rules off the top of their head. And these tour rules experts that are on the course need to be paying better attention and conditions need to be communicated a little bit better before the start of a round. Over in London at Centurion where they had the live event last week we had the Aramco team series it's part of the ladies European tour it's a 36 hole team event and Nellie Corda won the individual side at minus 11 this is her third ladies European tour win she beat out Miss Charlie Hull, who was seven under par. I want to mention that because, as you listeners know, Charlie Hull was second place in the U.S. Open last week. So she's continuing her string of excellent golf. Team Hall, led by Georgia Hall, won the team event at minus 24. She played alongside Kylie Henry, Leanne Bramwell, and amateur Michael Austick. They beat out. Team Hall, which was Charlie Hall's team. Then, back here in the United States, we had 
the American Century Championship. Now, this is a fun event to watch. It's a celebrity golf tournament. You usually have a bunch of um, current and retired basketball players, football players, hockey players, um, some tennis players, and other various celebrities. It's hosted in Lake Tahoe couple of holes are right there on the lake people will pull up their boats pretty fun and wild event this year steph curry of the uh, golden state warriors won the event he needed an eagle on 18 to win and what did this dude do he got the eagle it was pretty awesome and i believe i don't know if it was earlier on his sunday round or saturday round he also had had a hole in one the curry family uh steph his father dell who was an nba player his brother who's also an nba player they are big supporters of this event they go out every year they play they have a little side wager among the family members and uh it's pretty cool to see. Tony Romo is usually out there. He's usually a favorite. Um, Charles Barkley will be out there. Last few years, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, um, Josh Allen have been out there. So it's a pretty cool event. It kind of rounded out a really full week into golf with something fun to watch. Yeah, so if you ever get a chance to watch that one, let me tell you, Lake, Lake Tahoe looks beautiful. But with that, that was what happened over the weekend. Let's keep this train moving on. Okay, so this is the part of the podcast where we like to discuss what's new in the golf world, what happened over the week since we last met, maybe have a guest on. Right now, I have a lot of communications out, trying to schedule some guests, trying to find the right time where it works for everybody. So bear with me. This week, y'all have me again. I won't take up too much of your time, but there were a few things that I did notice over the past weekend that I wanted to talk about couple things popped up from some PGA Tour players that I thought were interesting and wanted to address. The first is this Aramco Team Series from the Ladies European Tour. It was held at Centurion where Liv had their event last week. As we discussed, Nelly Korda won. It is um, a team event, as we discussed. It's a pretty interesting format. But tell me if this sounds really familiar to you. It's 36 teams of four people, three pros, one amateur. There is an individual and a team component. What does that sound like? Sounds like a golf league that recently formed. Um, As we said, this is the Aramco team series. And who's the chairman of Aramco? It's Yasser Al-Rumayan, who also controls the PIF and formed LIV. Interesting, but... What I really find interesting is there is no one. I haven't heard Rory McIlroy say something about this. I haven't heard Brandel Chambly say anything about this. I haven't heard Iman Lynch say anything about this. That this is an event sponsored by Aramco. If you look at their boards, it has public investment fund as a sponsor as well. Yet no one's complaining about it. So why is it okay for the women under the heading of the Ladies European Tour to have team events with the Public Investment Fund and no one's losing any sleep over it? Why is it only a big deal when the men do it? Why is it only a big deal when it's an American organization such as the PGA Tour gets involved and it's their players that are, I guess, siphoned off or asked to join? I I mean, 
it's a it's a rambling or a running thought in my head, but why is it that Liv came to be and the PGA Tour and wanted to coexist? Let's be real about this. They wanted to coexist. They wanted to work around the majors and the other big tournament that the PGA Tour puts on. And in between that, it was supposed to be a fun little filler series that these tour players could go to and make extra money. Why is it that Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour lost their, their nerve on this one? But yet over in Europe, the ladies European Tour can team up with the public investment fund, create an entire series which not just European players play on, but Americans and players from all over the world play on, and no one bats an eye. Can anyone answer that for me? Can anyone Give me an explanation or reason as to why there's not the same hatred from the public. There's not the same hatred from corporate sponsors that these ladies and this ladies European tour are in bed with the public investment fund for a team event or for a team series. I'm waiting because I haven't been able to find one. And I think it's extremely hypocritical of Jay Monahan of these PGA Tour sponsors, of these player sponsors, and of the public to sit here and, quote, turn a blind eye if that's how you really feel about this and not speak up. Anyway, that's something I saw this weekend. It really made me start to wonder. I did a little bit of research, and again, I can't find anything. I mean, people applaud this series. Back here on the PGA side, John Rahm, this guy's on another level. Like, he really is. Like, he does not give a damn what he tells the media. First off, he just signed a long-term extension, sponsorship extension with Callaway Golf. This dude is thinking long-term and he's thinking big picture because part of his deal was an equity share or an equity stake in Callaway that also included Top Golf, an equity stake in Top Golf. If you don't know, I don't know if it's Callaway bought Top Golf or the two are partners in what they do, but John Rahm uh, signed a, an, a sponsorship extension and included an equity stake not only in Callaway but in Top Golf as well. Like I said, this man is thinking about the future. Also at the open pressure this week, he was asked about this uh, rumor coming out that when the live merger is completed, that the players who were, quote, loyal to the tour, they'll get some sort of compensation. And he basically just threw a middle finger up at that notion and said, look, I'm not asking for anything. He goes, I chose to stay on the tour. I chose because I thought it was the best decision for me and, and the type of golf that I want to play. I'm not looking for compensation for anyone. I knew that I knew the choice that I was making. I knew what I was turning down. He goes, everyone that decided to stay, stayed for their own reasons. I'm, he goes, but me personally, I'm not looking for money. I'm not looking for a handout, basically. He goes, now, if they go ahead and give one, I'm not going to say no, but that's not at the forefront of this man's mind. Also, you had uh, Scotty Scheffler speaking up, talking about how he really watched these hearings closely. When you have the world, see the world number one right now? I believe he is. You have the world number one saying that out loud. He's he's watching Jay Monahan. He's watching the tour. And he um, brought up, he goes, you know, for a, quote, player-run organization, us, we as players, we are in the dark quite a bit. We do not know what's going on. We are not asked about decisions. And you could tell he was a little perturbed at that. Uh, Xander Shoffley and Jordan Spieth, when asked over the weekend, were kind of echoed 
those same sentiments saying that a PGA tour board keeps information close to the chest that if you're not on one of these like player advisory boards or something, then you really don't understand what's going on. I guess that's a little knock to Rory because Rory's the head of that board. He said that they also both said, and Xander really touched on this one. They talked about trust and how Jay Monahan is coming back to work this week. I think he came back on Monday and they, Xander particularly was really adamant about this, that Jay used to have his, um, his, his trust and his respect, but now he has a lot less of it. And Jordan, you know, in his comments said the same thing that, you know, in talking to other tour players, a trust between them, and Jay Monahan and, and those who represent them in this quote, player run league is virtually non-existent right now. So it's going to be interesting to see how Jay Monahan reacts now that he's coming back or now that he is back at work. It's going to be interesting how the uh, Open plays out this week. There's also a lot of little things to keep an eye on, and that's what I will be doing so that I can relay these things to you guys. But that's all I got today. And um, again, like I said, I am working behind the scenes trying to trying to plan and lay out some more interviews for you guys some fun ones but that's all i have to say on this subject i am proud to announce that the from the french podcast is brought to you by shank it golf that's right we've got the shanks at shank it golf you can find golf polos bags and accessories and let me tell you they are some of the hottest ones on the market so visit shankitgolf.com use the promo code french 15 for 15% off your order. Or better yet, you can jump over to the Instagram page, give us a follow, and click the link and do your shopping from there. That is shankitgolf.com. Yes, we at From the Fringe have the shanks and we want you to have them too. Oh yeah, stay up, stay up, stay there. Okay, what's next? What's going on in the world of golf this weekend? Well, I am going to tell you. We have the fourth and final men's major of the year. The British Open, or currently called the Open, will be held at Royal Liverpool this weekend. Cam Smith is the defending champion from St. Andrews last year. If you haven't been paying attention to live, shame on you. But Cam Smith has been playing some excellent golf. This man's short game and putting is just it's jaw, it's jaw-dropping. It is amazing to see what this guy can do around greens. And I give him a really good chance at repeating as the champion this year. You cannot count out the other major winners of this year. John Rahm, Brooks Kapka, or Wyndham Clark. We will be on the Ricky watch. Ricky's coming off of a win as well. This will be his first tournament since the Rocket Mortgage Classic. I took a look at some of the odds, the players this weekend. A lot of the podcasts I listen to talk about sports betting and golf betting. And they're always very unique odds. Like Ricky Fowler this week is plus 2500 If you made a $10 bet on Ricky, you could win, I think it's like 250 bucks. So always different, uh, always very unique odds for the betting if that's something that you're into. But I bring that up to talk about our boy Rory. Y'all thought earlier I was kind about congratulating him and I was going to leave Rory off the hook. No, no, no. Of course we're not going to let Rory off the hook. Right now, Rory 
Murray is, I think, a fan favorite this coming week, especially in the betting pools, because they're giving him the exact same odds as Scotty Scheffler at plus 650, which means if you made a $10 bet, you'd get 65 bucks off of that. Those are the lowest odds going into the tournament. And I don't understand why Vegas is doing this. It must be to protect them because of all the massive bets that are going to go in for Rory. And in the event they pull some miraculous thing out of thin air and wins this tournament, they don't want to lose they don't want to lose their asses. So we'll get into this. Why I don't think Roy is going to win. One, he hasn't won a major in nearly a decade now. The last time he won a major was 2013. And that's when Phil Mickelson won this event. Also, there has not been, outside of one player, there has not been anyone who has won the Scottish Open and the British Open in the same calendar year. Who was that person? It was Phil Mickelson back in 2013. This is just something that doesn't happen. I know everyone was super happy. Rory won. Yay, Rory won. Well, we know Rory can win. Rory wins. It's his second win of the of the year. Rory doesn't win majors anymore, though. That's the thing. And I feel that Rory might have just shot his wad there, and he got this win now, and he is, I feel, I don't think he's even going to be in the hunt when it comes to Sunday. But that's just personal opinion. But yes, we, we will be on the Ricky watch. We'll be watching for our boy Rory over here to see what he does. And we'll be watching a host of other players. Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau has been playing some really good golf lately. That will be interesting to see. Uh, Dustin Johnson, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, like I said. So there's a lot of guys to keep an eye on this weekend. And it's going to make for a great week. It's Lynx golf. It's usually pretty windy out there. Scotland and Ireland, England this time of year. I think I saw a weather report that Thursday for the opening rounds, it's going to be something like 64 degrees out there and windy. So a lot different weather conditions than what we're seeing over here in the United States right now. This should be really fun to watch. It's always fun to watch these guys play Lynx golf because they're used to this. um, I know there's another word for it. I call it resort style golf. Desert golf is what I'm used to here in in Arizona. But yeah, it's going to be a great watch. Final major of the year. I know everyone's going to be tuned in. The ladies are going to be over at Midland Country Club in Michigan at the Dow Great Lakes Bay Invitational. I don't know much about this tournament, honestly. Um, I'm kind of surprised that I don't because I seem to watch golf all the time. However, in looking it up, it does seem to have a pretty impressive field playing this week. We're going to have Natalie Golbus making an appearance. She officially retired from full-time play back in 2020 after nearly 20 years on the tour. You're going to see the likes of Cheyenne Knight, Anna Balak. You'll see Mel Reed, Maria Fassi, Brooks Henderson, Lexi Thompson, Ryan O'Toole. Let's see who else. Lynn Strom, Matilda Castron. I really love the LPGA just because of international representation of players. Yeah, that's going to be a really stacked field as well. No Corpoots. Let's see. No Charlie Hall. I don't think uh, Lydia Coe's going to be in this one. But still, you'll have a very good showing of golfers that, on that side. And like always, the ladies put on an excellent event. So I'm sure I'll be tuning in early in the mornings to watch that and it will be some excellent golf as well 
So that's what we got this week. No live until August, like I said. I'll look at some of the other tours to see um, if anything pops off or anything really big happens and report back to you guys next week. Don't forget to check out Twitter, F-R-M-T-H-E-F-R-I-N-G-E or Instagram at from underscore the underscore fringe. It's the same thing over at Threads. Please interact, guys. Let me know what you think. Ask questions. Maybe things that you want to see or see answered or talk about on the pod. I ask you guys, please give me some uh, feedback. Don't forget about Shank It Golf. Use the promo code. Get yourself some cool threads, some accessories. I want everyone to have a great week. Stay safe and hit them straight. <laughs>